Community Alliance with Family Farmers presents the Farmer's Beat podcast. That's B-E-E-T. Hi, my name is Grace Perry. I work at Community Alliance with Family Farmers, also known as CAF. I am the host of these episodes where we hear directly from small family farmers throughout California, getting the real information and the stories behind the food we grow and eat. In this series, we pay particular attention to the innovative work small-scale farmers are doing to keep their food safe to eat and share techniques farmer to farmer. Today, we take a trip to Fresno, located in California's San Joaquin Valley, to meet Dr. Floyd D. Harris Jr. of Fresno Freedom School, an organization devoted to connecting youth with growing food in their urban communities. Hi, my name is Dr. Floyd D. Harris Jr. I am the founder of the Fresno Freedom School here in Fresno, California, on the West Coast, in the San Joaquin Valley, on the golden west side of Fresno. So, Fresno Freedom School was birthed after my grandmother. The foundation, the ideology, the philosophy of feeding yourself, uh, feeding your family. At that time, we were on welfare, we were very poor. As I stated earlier, just poor. And, uh, but we found ways to eat. We didn't go to the grocery store every day. You know, we made our own food and so, Freedom School has all of those philosophies and points to where I decided one day to just, you know, thinking about my grandmother and I just seen some dirt and I said, well, let's, let's, let's get it on. And I started planting seeds and what have you. And then from there, I had a construction company and I had equipment. And then I started working with children in a community who those were called disadvantaged foster children. And I started working with them. Dr. Harris explains a bit about the history of freedom schools throughout the United States. Uh, Fannie Lou Hamer uh, out of Mississippi. Freedom schools come from historical peace from Mississippi. Those are the original freedom schools. There are freedom schools all over the country. And each freedom school has their own niche. Our niche is ag, is our biggest program. And uh, of course we have other programs, sewing and cooking and baking, et cetera. So the Freedom School, we just, I just decided that we were going to do for ourselves, and we were going to feed ourselves. And there's a shirt that says, do for self or be a slave. And so I just had this burning fire in me to say that I'm going to open up a school and I'm going to teach children how to grow their own food, uh, how to bake, how to cook. Uh, also how to harvest, how to drive tractors, how to lay irrigation line, and how to have farmer markets. And, and that's what the basis of our school is today. And we're nationally known all over the country. We, we have great credibility and integrity from, from what we have accomplished. So that's kind of where, where Freedom School came from. Put a lot of sweat equity in it. It's been like a roller coaster up, down, around, upside down, but we're still coasting now. We just received our 501c3 as of July. We, you know, applying for grants and, you know, trying to learn what that process is, because everything is a process of learning, partnering, collaborating with different uh, groups of minds. And so that's, that's kind of, you know, for its existing part, 
you know, been recognized by one of the Civil Eats, which is a national ag newspaper. We were um, selected to be, I believe it was in 2019, if I'm correct, um, to be the number one article for that year. And all the articles they wrote, they chose the article that they wrote for us to be the number one article for that year. So that was a big accomplishment for our program. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. The youth at Fresno Freedom School learned to grow a variety of vegetables and fruits. They also learned to make value-added products out of what they grow, including their prize-winning watermelon jelly. So California has two seasons. Every state is different. We have the spring, and then we have the summer, and then we have winter. So we start tilling ground around March, going into the spring, summer. And during that time, we're planting sweet potatoes. We're planting black-eyed peas. These are summer crops. We're planting okra. We're planting eggplants. We're planting watermelons, honeydews, cantaloupes, different varieties of tomatoes, big beef, and cherries, all that. And then we're planting sunflower seeds. We plant sunflower seeds. So those, you know, kind of like the summer crops that we do. I think I said black-eyed peas and bell peppers, red, green, yellow, corn, white corn, yellow corn, you know. I mean, at the other church at New Light, we probably had over 15 different plants in the ground, you know, in that acre of land. And to see it grow was beautiful because you get a chance to see the different texture of colors of the plants and how they grow. You know, sweet potatoes grow underground. They don't grow above ground like broccoli. It grows underground. Uh, Wintertime, like right now, we're growing mustard greens, collard greens, broccoli, Swiss chaw. What else we're growing? Onions, white, green, and purple, cauliflower. And we do grow more onions now. Yeah, that's a long list. We grow all kinds of vegetables, water, you know, cantaloupes, everything. But we're known for our watermelon jelly. And we taught the children how to do the paperwork, how to enter that into the Fresno Fair. The children made the watermelon jelly and they and they submitted it for competition. And so I got off work late that day, right? And so all the kids, I, I mean, we must have had about 40-some kids at the Fresno Fair because we, we were all going to go in together and see what place we took, first, second, or third. But when we all walked in there together as a school, and we, and we were looking for our ribbon. I didn't know what's here. And when we found it, it said Fresno Freedom School, first place. And that for me was just, I don't know if I cried or I don't know what I did at that time, but it was so humbling because I knew how hard these children work. I mean, you know, in the summertime, the children are here like six in the morning. So I mean, they got to get up at five. They already go to school during the week. But f so for them to be here by six in the morning, Knowing they got to do exercises, you know, and all this stuff and listen to me and jog down the street, you know, trying to get loose. For me to, for us to see that ribbon it says Fresno Freedom School, first place, watermelon jelly. It, it was, I'll never forget that day. Because there's so many things we've done together. 
Fresno Freedom School grows food throughout Fresno's urban communities. Dr. Harris describes their beginnings and opportunities to grow on more land. Yeah, so we started out when we first started the Freedom School at a, a different church called New Life, New Life Church of God. Probably had like maybe a half an acre or something like that, or maybe an acre of land behind the church. And so we, we worked that land, and then now we're here at Free AME. Both, I say, within a mile of each other. Uh, we have a little courtyard here where we just continue to teach the kids how to use the roller tillers and things like this. So it depends on how big the space is, depends what type of equipment you use, right? So with the other church, we use the tractor to this. Here we can't, it's too small, so we use tillers. And then we also used Rafa Strotter, uh, one of our board members let her use her backyard, uh, which was probably like maybe 200, 300 by 300, you know. So we didn't farm the entire piece, we just did half. And so again, the children got an opportunity to use the tillers and things. And so, and now we have a half an acre of land in the same community to where, you know, there we use the big tractors, you know, and I, and I have opportunity to teach the kids how to, you know, get on the tractor, ride the tractor. You talk about children who've never been exposed to things like this, you know, because of the economic or whatever situation that, that uh, in this community, just not able to expose children to that level of ag, tractors and things. And uh, they have two acres of land, another church we're partnering with, and, um, and I asked the pastor, we were walking, I said, hey, who owns that land on the other side of the church, which looked like about 15 acres of land? And he said, we do. I said, what? You own that land? Now I've been there 51 years. I never knew they owned that land, right? I used to walk across that field, you know, going home. And he said, yeah, we own it. And he says, well, you know, we have to figure out how to get water over there. But hey, he said, if you can use it, it's you guys. So Freedom School has changed the narrative in this community to where we have educated individuals in this community the importance of letting Freedom School farm their land, farm their backyards. My whole front yard is full of food. An important note about food safety and urban farming. The soil in some urban sites could be contaminated with chemicals such as lead. So it's a good practice for urban farms to get their soil tested. There's a great resource that discusses food safety and urban farming that we'll link in the show notes. Over the past year, Fresno Freedom School has been developing their food safety program and practices. Throughout the process, Dr. Harris realized that using water in post-harvest operations increases food safety risks. He describes how they used to wash their lettuce after harvest. I already thought I was doing the right thing. We had a farmer's market, and I think that was at my home. And my yard was full of lettuce, and when everyone left, the lettuce was everywhere. And I'm like trying to figure out, well, why is all this lettuce all over? It's because I put water on it, and it just fell apart. And um, and I I didn't you know again I didn't know, and you know you're really not supposed to put water on lettuce for say like 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 we dumped it in a bucket and all this stuff you know and so, but. Again, we, we we thought we were cleaning it, you know, and uh, but it just came a mess. So I think water, you know, has its place uh, for different practices, but learning what those practices are, I think, uh, is important. 
Using water to cool down or clean produce after harvest is a helpful and common practice among farmers, but using water in this way also comes with food safety risks. If a contamination event happens in the field, it could spread through post-harvest water, including washing and cooling water. Post-harvest water use can also affect produce quality, as Dr. Harris described their lettuce washing turning into a mess. To decrease risk of post-harvest water use, some farms choose not to wash their crops, and others monitor post-harvest water quality by changing bulk water often and even using sanitizers to treat the water. Dr. Harris describes other practices they implemented to help reduce risks on the farm. And even, you know, washing your hands is important. In other words, you know, don't over here harvesting and then go, go over there and, and change the oil in the car and then trying to come back and, you know, work with the food. And you don't wash your hands, you know. Things like that, you, you can cont- you contaminate the produce that or vegetables, if I may say, for lack of better word. And so it, it was, you know, stuff like that, you know, um, also uh, learning the, the piece of how to sanitize the different, I want to call them snips, tomato snips or clips or scissors or whatever you want to call it. Again, I, I didn't know that you could pass diseases from one plant to the next plant if you don't, you know, properly sterilize or clean the devices or snips or scissors that your clips that you're using to prune the different vegetables so it i i I learned a lot (laughs) so once i learned that you know every time i you know finish you know in there cleaning you know so it's more than a notion you know that's why i think this program is so important I think people have good intentions, but even with your good intentions, you can still mess up. Not trying to mess up, but you can still mess up. So, yeah, it's a good learning piece. Fresno Freedom School can have a lot of different people harvesting and out on the farm at any given time. So in order to ensure all employees and volunteers are aware of the farm's food safety practices and protocols, the farm will hold orientations, send emails of do's and don'ts, including what to wear while at the farm. One of the things that is important to know is how to dress. <laughs> that may sound like crazy, but I had, and she didn't know, bless her heart. She came out to the farm. I want to come. Okay. All right, come. But she came in some flip-flops. So I think that before people come physically to the farm, that there should be some type of orientation conversation before they get to the farm. Getting to the farm is one thing, but there needs to be a conversation or item list or something you can email or do's or don'ts or whatever before they get there. And even when they get there, right, you also need things posted up or something where you brief with everyone. And and if you find out that someone is not really ready to go out there, then you have to stop them because then you put yourself in liability. And we don't do this for folks to get hurt. We do this so we can learn, so we can grow food. But again, it's, it's a learning process, right? One of the things I was talking about 
that folks can put in their pockets, you know, when you come out to a farm or freedom school, you know, the do's, the don'ts, you know, you don't wear slippers, you know. You, and, and, and even then, you have to understand, like, what crops are you dealing with, right? Through developing Fresno Freedom School's food safety program, Dr. Harris also started thinking about safety more broadly, especially since he works with youth and other volunteers. Making sure produce is safe and humans are safe both involve advanced planning so that farmers are prepared in case of an emergency. I think our, our the culture right now is, is to be very observing right now and very concerned about the word safety. I don't think we say the word safety enough. I mean, really looking for hazards. It's like right now, we planted mustard greens back in, what is this, December? Maybe September, right? And we grow those from seeds, right? Well, when we put the seed in the ground, you could see the full row. Well, now since the mustard greens are matured, you can hardly see the full row. So you're walking out there, you don't, you really can't see in between the rows. So it's like we have to take a rake or something and kind of move the, the leaves back just to see, you know, where we're walking. You don't know if someone dug a hole. You don't know if someone put a bear trap. You know, you don't know if there's a dog or something in there or a pit bull or rock weller. I mean, so, you know, really taking more time to um, check out the hazards, you know, that's, that's out there. I mean, we didn't even talk about water. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. But we didn't even talk about, you know, it's 110. You know, our bodies dehydrate. What does it look like for someone working? You know, do we have bottled water? Do we have first aid kit? Do we have, if something happened, who's gonna call 911? Do we have people who certified to do CPR? See, we don't think about those things because it's like, we're just coming to have fun. That's great, but we also have to think about other things. Not that we want anything bad to happen, but if it does, are we ready to respond? Are we ready to respond if ABC happened? And if ABC happened, you call 911, you do CPR. What if it's a cut? Do we have a first date? So all those safety mechanisms right now is what I'm looking at right now as well, you know, as I share with those that's out there. Yeah. Dr. Floyd describes his vision for Fresno Freedom School in 2022. And the future definitely looks bright for this organization from the Golden West Side. Yeah, I love equipment because I'm not doing no more sharecropping like my grandpa did. I'm not sharecropping. Uh -uh. No, we have to use machinery. Now, we'll teach our children how to use a hoe and rake and stuff like that. But when we start getting to, to, to acres and two acres or three, we got to have equipment, okay? Now, we purchased a water wheel. We, we purchased a water wheel. I haven't used it yet, but we got it. We purchased a mulching paper machine where we put the mulching paper on the machine and we pull it behind the tractor and it lays the, 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 the mulching paper down. It's huge for us because we want to grow, right? We want to expand our capacity. We want to be able to supply more food for our communities and farmer markets and you know donations that we give out in the community. I mean, the water wheel, two people sit on it and you have the rack of plants, it pokes the hole in the plastic, 
the mulching paper. It lays the tea tape at the same time, and you put the plants in the ground, it pours a cup of water, and you just keep flowing and moving and grooving. My vision right now is why we need to acquire more land so that we can be able to continue our backyard gardens because that's a need but to be able to get more you know up here with the heavy hitters let them know that you know we may look like a, a, a ant but you know we still doing our thing too and so hopefully we will be able to use our equipment next year which i i know we will but uh, it'll help production capacity and things like that so with that porky pig says bleep bleep that's all folks <laughs>